Hello, this is Michael Dubin with Living Skills. In our time together in this podcast, I would like to talk about making choices. How do you know if you are making good choices? How can you learn to make better choices? The geometry of choice. Do you ever stop and think about the number of choices you make every single day? From the moment you open your eyes, you are choosing to do or not do something. How good are the choices you make? Do you ever stop to evaluate them? Are they good ones, or bad ones, or neutral? Further, when you make a bad or neutral one, does it register differently with you than when you make a good one? Do you take your good choices for granted? How about your bad and neutral ones? Choices define a singular point in time. What will I have for breakfast? What will I get dressed up today or be casual? Do I need to go to the grocery store? Should I call my brother? Is it time to run the dishwasher? You get the point. It is a singular choice made at a certain point in time. We don't usually pay a lot of attention to them because many of those that we make are habituated. Habituated choices are those that have become automatic. I don't consciously choose to feed the cat while my coffee is brewing. It is something I do every morning without thinking about it. I leave my keys in the same place all the time so I don't have to think about where to leave my keys. I never let my gas tank go below half full so I just automatically turn into the gas station when the fuel indicator is about half full. No thought involved. But in all of these examples, there is a choice made. Then there are choices made around the initial choice. If I want to have coffee, how many cups do I think I want this morning? Do I want my usual Folgers or do I want one of Pete's varieties? If I'm going out to lunch, what kind of food do I feel like having? Which restaurant do I want to go to? These kinds of choices define the area around the initial determination of having coffee or going out to lunch. In geometry, the initial choice to go out, for example, would be a singular point on a page. The rest of the choice is about what kind of food, etc., supporting that initial decision to find the area around it. Length times width equals area. Then there are the choices that define the space, the volume. Length times width times depth. The volume of our life in which all of those things happen. These are the fundamental choices we make about ourselves, our beliefs, our emotions, other people, our relationships, our work, how we see the rest of the world. They shape and mold and in many cases twist and distort the choices we make on a daily basis. They not only affect the individual ones that define a singular point in space and time, but all the other choices we make around those individual choices. Here are some examples of the kinds of foundational choices we might make. And keep in mind, sometimes we make a number of fundamental decisions that come to define who we are and how we live our lives. I am good enough. I'm not good enough. I can forgive myself. I'm unforgivable. I can trust myself. I can't trust myself. I seek to be understanding of others. 
I only seek to understand people who try to understand me first. Love heals. Love hurts. I can easily create successes. I have to struggle with everything. I can handle it when challenges arise. I have to control everything so there are no surprises. I can handle my feelings. I avoid my feelings. I am responsible for my life, the good and the bad. I get to blame everybody else for anything bad in my life. I get to decide what matters in my life. I let other people tell me what matters in life. People are basically good. People are selfish and rotten. The world is a friendly place. The world is a scary place. As you can see, the list could be and is indeed endless. But let's look at one example very quickly. Love hurts. I've made the fundamental choice to believe that. Thus, I will believe that if I love, I'm going to get hurt. I will have an attitude of wariness and mistrust of others, especially anyone I might decide to date. I will certainly want to control. I will potentially think love is too much work, or is a struggle, or is just not worth it. Or that I need to keep love at arm's length so that if I get hurt, it won't hurt as badly. I'll feel scared, or mistrustful, or suspicious. I may decide to sabotage my relationships before I can really get hurt. All of this and more out of just one fundamental choice that love hurts. And that colors and taints all the others I make about dating or not. Intimacy on any level, not just physical. The level of caring I am willing to have and show. How vulnerable I am or am not willing to be. All the many, many choices contained within that volume, that cube, that world of mine, are defined by that fundamental decision that love hurts. It is always a good idea to review the choices we make, the simple point-in-time ones, and then those we make around it that make it happen, and also to evaluate and review the environment, the structure of our own direction and design that we have created for ourselves by the big choices, the foundational choices we make about ourselves and our lives. Do you make good or bad choices? Do you practice making them? Do you think about their potential impacts and outcomes? Do you look at the really big foundational choices that don't often come up for review? As you review and revise the big fundamental choices you make, the single point in time choices you make will change. And as those choices change, the choices you make around those single choices will change. And as all those choices change, your life will change. Change for the better. I hope you have found this podcast of use. If you have any questions or comments or want more information about Living Skills, please feel free to email me at livingskillsinc at gmail.com or contact me through my website, www.livingskills.pro. At Living Skills, we offer positive psychology and transpersonal psychology coaching and counseling, spiritual coaching and counseling, and psychological skills training and education. 
We are especially sensitive to the needs of the LGBTQ community and also the millennial generation. But our services and skills are applicable to and we work with everyone. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and will join me again in the future. This is Michael Dubin in Atlanta saying thanks for listening.